Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. I am very excited because the guest on Ian Hates Music today is Fletcher Howell of the New Low. I was really lucky enough to catch up with Fletcher right after the New Low got off a warp tour, that being their first tour and all, and then also that their brand new album, Continuance, came out at the same time that they were on Warp Tour. So I won't give anything away here. It's just very interesting. Make sure to pick up Continuance. It is a really good album. I'm not going to do a long intro here because I want you guys to get to the conversation with Fletcher. But in order to give you a taste of Continuance, going into the conversation, I'm going to play Burning Bridges. And coming out of the conversation, I'm going to play Break Free. Those are two of my favorite tracks off the album, even though it's very hard to pick favorites. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. Hopefully you enjoy the conversation with Fletcher. So without further ado, here's Burning Bridges. Enjoy. Tell me what 
Welcome back, everybody. I am here with Fletcher Howe from the band The New Low. Fletcher, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good as well. This must be kind of a weirder time for you because you're back from Warp Tour. How's it like uh, getting used to like regular days? Uh, it's uh, it's a bummer. We we definitely love being on tour, so being back home is is uh, a blessing and a curse. It's nice to be back in our own beds and kind of chilling with our families and girlfriends and stuff like that, but always, always miss tour. I see. Now, is this Utah? Are you back in Utah right now, or is that where the band's actually from? Um, I, uh, I'm one of the three of us that actually live in Utah. So, yeah, I, I live, like, right in the middle of downtown Salt Lake City, Utah. So I'm, I'm back there. Oh, okay. Is there anything yeah. to pass the time while you're while you're jonesing for going out for the next tour? Uh well, I mean, we when we're home, we all try and just keep as busy as we can with band stuff. Like I've uh, I've been trying to take care of you know getting you know all of our tour merch back up online and everything like that, so we can like hook people up that didn't have a chance to pick it up out there or whatever. Um, I mean, for the most part. Basically, we we just kind of grind on music twenty four seven. There's plenty to do out here, but we uh, in the last few months we've definitely lost our our social lives to just making <laughs> sure that everything's running ship shape with the band. So. Sure, that makes total sense. Well, let's talk about Warp Tour real qu- real quick. Sorry, hopefully yeah. you're not tired of talking about it because it seemed like you had a good time, right? No, it was awesome. I mean, it was. Uh, it was, you know, the the tour we've always wanted to be able to do and finally got to do, so definitely not tired of talking about that. Oh, okay. This is your first time on Warp Tour, and you came in, was that like halfway through or so, or was it a little bit off? Uh, yeah, we came in like uh, right in right smack dab in the middle of the tour, so we jumped in on July 19th in uh, Indianapolis, or Noblesville technically, I guess, and uh, finished out the second half of the tour from there. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Unfortunately, I went to, well, I live in Mass, so I went, you know, the show comes out of Boston, so I went to the Massachusetts one, and you guys hadn't been on the tour yet, so I was a little disappointed. But it seemed like, from seeing your social media, that you guys did really have a great time. Now, coming in halfway, is there like a hazing that you go through with the bands that have been there the entire way? Uh, Not so much a hazing, it's it's like uh, a lot of the bands, you know, just kind of have had, you know, the last month and a half to form, you know, friendships and kind of get to know each other. And then we kind of come into it and it's like being the new kid at your high school where it's like everyone's already got their little cliques and you don't fit in with anybody. So it's like trying to to kind of find your place in things. But uh, 
we ended up, you know, getting to know a lot of like a lot of other bands, a lot of crew, things like that, and had a pretty killer time regardless. Like we we kind of found our way pretty quick. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I've talked to yeah. a few bands that have been on Warp Tour this year, and it's always kind of a different story. What did you end up doing to pass your time? Did you go and check out some of your favorite bands? Like, do you have anyone that you're extremely stoked about now that you got a chance to see them and then hang out with them? What did you do to pass the time? Uh, we, uh, I mean, th- where this is our first tour, we did, we kind of took the, uh, the mentality of we wanted to spend as much time like at our merch tent and ah, without yes. actually meeting fans as possible. Sure. So most of our days are spent doing that. Like we, we woke up, we loaded in with our merch guy. We like hung out there as long as we could. We did signings all day, every day, if we could played our set and then just tried to hang out on merch as much as possible. So every now and then, like, you know, we, we made an effort to go off and watch other bands play. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, for the most part though, we uh, we got to watch bands on our stage just about every day, which was awesome because we uh, we knew about a couple of bands beforehand, sure. but uh, we definitely walked away, you know, learning about these new bands just like us that are incredible. So all the bands on the full sale stage this year were really super cool. Uh, got pretty tight with a few of those guys there, and uh, that was the majority of our day was at our merch tent or at our stage. But uh, definitely a few other bands that were on other stages that blew us all away like not only with how awesome their band is but how awesome they are as people so oh that's great um yeah um assuming we survive especially and then like wage war we're <laughs> here that yeah. i know that i personally got really tight with that are just incredible bands and incredible people Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, that's always good to hear things like that. Wage War, especially on the mass show, really killed it. So they're yeah. they're going places. There's no doubt about that. No, absolutely. They're they're super rad. Now, I guess the question would be, what was it like? Obviously, it was your first like something very special. What was it also like having your new album Continuance come out at like the exact same time? I was. Uh... Honestly, it was just all these things that we've been like really hoping for and working for and fighting for for the last like two years of kind of being dormant since uh, the new low became like a thing. Right. Just waiting for an opportunity to make something happen. And then all of a sudden, all of the coolest stuff we could really hope to do happened at the same time. Ah, gotcha. So it's like we have this tour that we've wanted to go on since we were like 13 years old. And then... You know, this record that we've been sitting on for like a year and a half since it finished, to have all of that happen at once was was kind of surreal. Like, even now, like, I look back at it, and a lot of times it doesn't really feel like it it really happened. Right. (laughs) Kind of frustrating almost, because you expect, like, this really big, like, moment of, like, release and payoff. Sure. When in reality, it just feels like it's it didn't really exist. Like, this is too good to be true, so it, it can't be true, so... But it was. It was real. <laughs> I right, right. reminding myself of that. <laughs> yeah. Would you, if you had the chance, let's say, you know, everything continues to go great for you, would you make sure for the next album that you weren't on a major tour like Warp Tour when it came out? Like, sure, you'd want to do Warp Tour again, but would you kind of space things out if you could? Honestly, no. I mean, it's it's uh, it's really exciting to be able to just have everything happen all in the mix. Like, oh, okay. I think it would drive me a little bit crazy like putting on a record while I'm sitting at home. Oh, okay. I just feel like I'm not doing anything at all to to help with it. Like I'm sitting here in my living room, like on Twitter, trying to like promote as much as possible, but I sure. don't get to be out there 
like enjoying the release with the fans. Ah. And I mean, we we're a brand new band, so by no means do we really have like a huge fan base. But even the people that became a part of it, that gave us a chance, just from walking by and seeing it happen and sticking around, like even the way that those people have received our band and the record in general has been insane. Like we never really expected it, but people have been way more cool about it than we ever would have thought. So oh, really? being able okay. to be out there on the road when it's happening in real time like that is is definitely my preferred way of doing it. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. Now, when you were there, you had the album come out, people had to kind of digest it and kind of latch on. Did you see as the tour went on that more and more people were singing the words back to you, that more and more people really knew what was going on? Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember uh, it came out on the 22nd, so we played like two shows yeah. before the album came out. And like we had put out like a couple of singles here and there to help promote the record beforehand. And so it's like we would see people like singing along to like the first single, which is like the last song that we played every day. Oh, sure. Uh, Burning Bridges. Yep. So like we'd see like a, a handful of people even at those first two shows. And like that was kind of like, okay, cool. Like it's, it's working. Right. <laughs> and then, right. Uh, I remember the day the album came out, I think we were in, I don't remember where we were. <laughs> That's really matter either way. Sure. But uh, yeah, it, all those days kind of just jumbled together. Especially on Warped like, Tour. being <laughs> up there. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's another day outside mm-hmm. playing in the heat. <laughs> but uh, I remember like the, the record came out that morning and everyone's just like running around trying to make sure that everything's happening the right way. Because uh, we're about as hands-on as you can get with it. We don't leave any of that stuff to it uh, like anybody else if we don't have to oh great okay like if our label let us do it we want to do it right so we're uh, we're just doing everything that we can we played pretty early that day and i remember there were like just like a probably about 10 kids like right up at the front row that were like singing along like every word like, oh, going nice. crazy which it's like the album came out like at midnight so right. what like probably not even 12 hours ago and there's already people up here that are just going nuts, which we, again, didn't expect. But it's the absolute best case scenario for a band of our size and stature. So that was awesome. Yeah, and it, got- it definitely got better from there too. Like, but we started playing like in front of a way more kids every day. A um, couple of shows that completely shocked us, where there were like a couple hundred kids there. Oh, nice. Where, where this is our first tour, we never would expect to play to a crowd like that. But people were coming out or knowing the words and doing crazy so it was awesome that is great and i mean we kind of skipped over it obviously i've been asking a lot of warp tour questions because that's what you just got yeah. done with but continuance okay. continuance is such a great album like i'm not i don't like to have people on the show where i don't love their music so to be able to talk to you about this is great because i can completely understand how that album could catch fire and how you would continue to have more and more people listen because it is really well, damn good I appreciate that, and uh, kind of to touch base on that. As far as that goes, I remember we were in a we were in Phoenix, which is our guitar player Hiram. That's his hometown. So oh, okay. we we closed that night, and it was like one of the shows where we played. We got done playing like almost 10 p.m. And, oh, sure, uh, sure. I remember getting I remember getting done with our set, and I like got a notification like on our Twitter, and it was your guys's page that I had actually mentioned this. Oh yeah. So I'm like, okay, this this website called. Uh, Ian Hayes <laughs> just did like a review on our record 
I was like, oh man, like I can only imagine with a name like that that they're going to like tear us to shreds. Yeah. So we like sat and listened to the entire podcast. Oh, did you really? And, All right. uh, yeah, we listened to the whole thing. And uh, just to touch base on that, there, like you said, like talking about us being on the show now, uh, thank you for the kind words on that podcast before because we. We didn't expect that at all. So again, thank you for for oh. liking what we do and saying nice stuff about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not made up. None of the things that we talk about are ever made up on here. I'm not here to like I'm here to promote the bands that I love. So when we do a review, it's it's most likely if there's a review of something that we really don't like, then a lot of times we won't even do it because Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cuz we don't really Yeah, we don't really want to put that kind of stuff out there. I mean, people know what music they like and don't like, but especially with yeah. a band for you guys, like I want people to hear it and I want that kind of stuff to happen. So, I, hey, thank you very much for listening to that show. Like, I appreciate that. Oh, of course. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Uh, so you probably know I do like to go a little bit more into the backstory as well since we covered some of the Warp Tour stuff. When did you, and I know some of this gets cliche, but I know some people are very interested in it. When did you start with music? When did you decide that that was kind of the path you wanted to go in? Um, honestly, I've I've always really loved it. I think that everyone in this band has has always had that spot in them that just knew that like music was kind of their thing. But um, mm -hmm. it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I like to play music, but one day I want to be this when I grow up. And I uh, I remember it was actually Warp Tour two thousand three. I want to say okay. I was like super young. And it was my first warp tour, and I just went out there, and I just remember being like, "I have to do this. Like, the, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, nothing else has ever made me feel like this involved ah. with like a community." And so, yeah, I mean, honestly, warp tour is what made me decide like this is where I need to be all the time, forever. Do you remember any specific bands from that particular warp tour that really hit you hard? Like, this is the band that has made me kind of start this. Did I, I wish I could remember like one specific band. I uh, I know it's tough, especially with Warp Tour. You, yeah. see, you see so many bands. Yeah, exactly. I I used to go and just watch. Like I used to go to every single Warp Tour every year. I drive like three hours, even before I had my driver's license. I, oh, <laughs> I right. had like a car, but uh, I wasn't legal to drive yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I would like still just drive like three hours to Salt Lake City. Wow. To, uh, to watch Warp Tour, so I, I can't think of like one specific band from that particular year. Oh sure, but honestly, like I remember watching bands like, you know, Newfound Glory, Sum Forty One, stuff like that that were on the tour this year. Oh and right, yeah. Yellow Card, especially that was another one too. That that was just like, this is, this is what life is all about. So like, oh sure, to be able to to see that happening when I was like a kid and like barely starting on like going to shows like that and things like that. And then to come out on this tour and then play with them was like just such an honor for sure. But oh. yeah, those, those are the bands that definitely got me into it. Absolutely. Now, what do you feel about Yellow Card ending things? Do you like the idea that they're kind of going out on their own way, their own terms? Or is it still one of those things where you're just like, ah, uh, I really wish you had more music? I wish there was going to be a lot more coming. Yeah. I mean, I've, they're one of those bands that I've I've always, always loved and, it's uh it's when we found out about the breakup like garrett and i especially are like huge yellow card fans oh sure uh we were we both took it pretty personally yeah, right <laughs> so, yeah this band did this bummer. to me now yeah i got gotcha. you yeah how could they do this to me 
when did you decide to do vocals? Like, when did you learn that you had such a great voice that you were, you know, this talented with your vocal range? And then also do bass on, I mean, that's what you're doing in the new low right now is bass and dual vocals, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And first off, thank you. I appreciate that. That's very nice of you. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, I, uh, I've i always been singing. Like, it's always been a thing that, like, I've, I've just done since I was, like, old enough to talk. Like, that's probably even before I'm just trying to just sing stuff. <laughs> I remember, like, my parents told me about, like, how I was just teeny tiny and just stuff would come on, like, on the TV and I would, like, kind of just sing along with it and stuff like that. But, oh, okay. Um, so singing's always been a thing. I never really thought of myself as being, like, this person who has, like, this super great voice by any means, but I just like doing it. Okay. So I uh, I think that as far as being in a band goes, bass was definitely my first thing that I dove into. Okay. Um, and it was one of those things where I was friends with like all the older guys in my high school, and they were like, I was still in middle school, and they like we were a couple years in high school, so we were talking about like how they wanted to start a band because one dude's dad had a bunch of gear in his garage from back in his like butt rock days. Oh sure. <laughs> and. uh so where I was the youngest one, I, I was automatically designated as the stupid bass player. So uh, <laughs> it's like, well, I play guitar, and he plays guitar, and he plays drums, and you're the youngest, so you can play bass. Ah, and I, I was you. like, okay. <laughs> so I I like saved up, and I, I got like a bass, and I got like a little really crappy amp. And like I remember it was like one of those things where I like saved some money for it, and then my parents surprised me and got me the bass that I wanted for Christmas. Ah, very nice. And it was like... It was all just the shittiest equipment, like oh, yeah. so bad. <laughs> but uh, I remember like getting it on Christmas, and I couldn't even like strap it over my shoulder right. Like it was like it was that around bad? the back of my neck, but <laughs> I, I didn't have like around my shoulder. And I was like, "This doesn't feel right," but whatever, I'm gonna go with it. Right. So I I remember like going downstairs and just turning on like the the local rock station and just like trying to play along with stuff. And I I fell in love with it right away. But very, um, very nice. About about like six months to a year into playing, I started like really getting into bands like the starting line, new fun glory, oh. like the drive through records bands. Right. Um, and, uh, it was, it was definitely, uh, Kenny from the starting line that made me think like there's something like really cool and like just some serious swagger behind like singing and playing bass. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is, but he was definitely like the first one that made me think like, I'm going to do that. Right. And uh, I went kind of back and forth between either singing and playing bass or just playing bass in projects over the years. Mm -hmm. And uh, now here I am. Wow, that that is quite a story. When I think of you know singing bass players right now, currently, I think of yourself and I think of Aaron from the Amity Affliction. Like it's not always a cool. huge thing right now. Yeah, there's not a lot of us right now, which is really weird. You think there'd be a lot more. Yeah, I would. I absolutely would have. Now, how do you decide then? Because you're also doing the unclean vocals at times with the new low as well. Yeah. When did you start that? Because also, when you're talking about some of your influences, I, I'm not hearing any bands like an Under Oath or someone else who kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, how they, did. Uh, go they ahead. They all sorry. came a little bit later for sure. I mean, I, I really started diving into it when I was like in like late elementary school, like early middle school. So it was like probably about 2005-ish that I really started playing. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, so, I mean, the pop punk bands, like, you know, the New uh, Newfound Glory, the Starting Line, Big Movie 2, obviously, those are all bands that really got me into like bass 
and just playing music in general. Right. And then, you know, a couple of years later, that's when, you know, bands like Under Oath and whatnot really came into play. So those bands are, are Under Oath especially, huge influence on in what we do. Yeah. But in all reality, I mean, as far as screaming goes, I literally never even tried it until we started recording Continuance. Oh, really? Okay. So it was, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that we were just kind of like, well, we know that we want it. Right. Um, but we don't really do it. So <laughs> we, we kind of taught ourselves how to, Gary and I both did, just yeah. kind of taught ourselves how to do it um, and just went for it. And it, apparently it turned out okay. No yeah. one's really, I was expecting like Stuart to be kind of like, hey, these screams suck. <laughs> but so far we, we haven't heard any of that. So no, I, I think it's worked very well. That's really interesting because, yeah, I would not have guessed that because, yeah, like you said, Garrett is also doing some of the unclean vocals as well. And yeah. how do you guys work that out? How do you work out the, I guess, kind of the framework of a song then? Who gets to, you know, when are you going to hit the melodies? When are you going to take this part? How do you guys work that uh, out? That's, uh, that's one of those things that we kind of thought would be really difficult to plan out when we started, when we decided, like, hey, this is going to be like kind of a 50-50 vocal thing. Right. Um, we thought it would be kind of like a little bit more arguing back and forth over like, hey, that hook is really cool and I wrote it, so fuck you. You don't get to sing <laughs> that part I do. Sure. But um, it was, it kind of worked out really awesome. I mean, Gary and I have been working together for a few years now on yeah. different things. Like we did Hearts and Hands together right. where I wasn't really considered a vocalist at all in that project until the very end. Oh, uh, very true. But okay. um, it, it got to the point where when we it came time to actually piece the songs together that we had written, where it's like we had parts that we wrote that we knew who was going to sing what exactly where, and it, it kind of came together flawlessly. It was like, okay, you do this part. It's like, well, yeah, I do that part, obviously. So it's just like, no, this part's yours. And it, it was never really like a, a give-or-take situation where it's like we had to sacrifice on it. Okay. It just flowed, luckily. So hopefully wow. that keeps going on for future endeavors as well but it's never really been much of a problem absolutely yeah yeah that's once again that is really interesting because i thought that would be not maybe an issue but i'm sure with two people writing different lyrics and i guess that's a you know that's kind of a follow-up question is so are you writing separately do you as a band kind of decide on the direction that you want to go and then you go off and write or are you kind of doing it as a partnership um a little bit of both. Okay. It's, um, we would get, there would be a lot of times where we would start writing lyrics that we knew we wanted to write. Like, you know, you, when you get that itch, you, you go for it. Sure. Um, so that was, that was a pretty good portion of it. And then also we'd have, you know, Hiram sending us like a, you know, a, a skeleton idea for a song. And then that would immediately like inspire like some melodies or some lyrics here and there. So it was probably about 50, 50 of, Garrett and I writing lyrics and vocal melodies together mm -hmm. or Garrett and I doing it separately. Um, like the lyrical contribution is pretty much split right down the middle. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So we, uh, we just both kind of went for it. We'd get together once the song was completed or we had a few songs done and we'd get together and be like, Hey, this is what I have. Let's, you know, listen to, you know, the demo of it and just kind of, plan out what's going to happen from here and we would kind of whittle it down from there but it, it all kind of came along a lot faster than we thought like i remember 
driving out to Garrett's house thinking like, shit, like we've got to go piece together like six songs. Like it was going to suck. It's going to take forever. <laughs> and we'd get there and we would just start, we'd put the song on, we'd play it through like once or twice. And it was just like, this is, it was a lot of fun. It was really easy and natural. There was like, none of that like band bickering that always seems to happen that comes and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So it's like, we just, we just kind of flowed through everything really easily and it, it came out just quick and it felt good and it's still a lot of fun to play now. So I, I feel like that's a pretty good sign that two years later we, we don't hate the songs. So absolutely can't, can't complain. That's all the great stuff you want to hear, especially when it's <laughs> such a, like, especially when you guys put together such a great album to hear that everything flowed so well. And then especially that you're enjoying playing it because a lot of times you do see it with bands. It's unfortunate, but it happens. And I, I know it happens for people going to so many live shows that I do and that a lot of the audience does. It's really tough because there are bands that just start to hate playing those songs over and over again. And it's yeah. it's really good that you guys aren't there. Well, so far, I mean, we're only one tour in, so who knows? maybe we'll just hate the shit out of this album by the time the album cycle's over. So we'll, uh, we'll see. But so far, so good. Yeah, what are the next steps then? Are you planning on that next tour? Uh, we are working on it. We uh, just literally made some changes to our management like a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. Um, we're, uh, sadly, we don't have anything that we're locked in on for the fall. All right. That's part of the, the change in, in what we're working on. But um, we're, uh, we're working to get on something this fall or winter um, if, we're, if we're lucky at this point. I mean, we, we jumped into it late in the game. I mean, our record didn't come out until halfway through Warp Tour. True. We had to wait an additional week on that for first week numbers so that people can actually see if they want to touch us and whatnot. And luckily uh-huh. that was all good. So, I mean, people are biting, but it's one of those things where it's like they – they already had all, all these tours booked by the time we even got like our record out. So ah, sure. it's, well, we're trying, we, we definitely plan to be out as soon as possible, but nothing that we can announce yet. Understood. That first week numbers thing has been coming up like a ton. I'm still so surprised that that's the big thing, especially now in 2016, that that is yeah. what every person is looking at. I guess for yourselves, you know, you were talking about just doing your merch by yourself and now you've you've got someone else to do it. You're very hands-on with the fans. What's the best way to support you on a regular basis? Like what's the best way for people to make sure that those numbers are up? Is it buying it on iTunes or is it doing those merch bundles? Um either way, I mean as far as record sales go, I mean we we definitely saw, you know, a lot of success come in from iTunes, which we didn't expect with with how easy it is to just use Apple Music instead of iTunes. Oh, sure. And that's a huge, huge killer for a lot of these numbers. Oh, which, okay. Like you said, it's weird that it's still a thing in 2016. Right. <laughs> I mean, Spotify was, was one thing altogether, but you bring in a service as huge as Apple and, and you have them kind of jump in and make it even easier to just listen to music without committing to it. Right. Um it's kind of a scary time where we we're, we're seeing all these bands that, you know, were used to sell like, you know, upwards of 20,000 units in their first week. And then all of a sudden they're selling like five or, right. you know, between five to 10. It's like, shit, like what's that going to do to our numbers? <laughs> we're yeah. going to sell like 300 units and then just hope that somebody cares to trust us on a tour or what. But luckily, I mean, 
for whatever reason, people really, really supported it and really, really backed us. And we, we saw a lot of success with that. And so to all of our listeners and all of our fans and all of our supporters, just kind of a side note, uh, thank you for, for doing, for doing that, for buying music right. as opposed to stealing it or streaming it. Right, right. Because it does make a difference not only for us, but for every other band on the market. See, I think that's so, good for people to hear. Absolutely. It's, and I've noticed that a lot of bands have been really open about it. It used to be kind of this thing where it's like if you talk about like, you know, selling records, you're, you know, you're being kind of a taboo like douche. Right, <laughs> right. I've, it's at the point now I feel like, and I, I feel like Apple Music, I, it's a service that I love. I use it. Right. But I feel like it was kind of that catalyst to be like, oh, oh shit, like we, <laughs> we have to educate people on how they can help support the music that they love. Yeah. Or we're not going to be around to keep making it. No, absolutely. So I don't think there's any more shame in talking about the reality of the fact that we have to, to sell units as bands mm-hmm. in order for labels, booking agents, you know, management, et cetera, to care and, right. and to trust us with, with bringing us in. So, like, we, we didn't really anticipate doing all that hot with it, but we, we got a lot of support. Oh, that's but, awesome um, to hear. Yeah, it's 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 awesome to say because we didn't again we didn't expect that, but once again people have have shown us that things are cooler than we thought they would be. <laughs> well, it might have been because of the strength of the sig of uh, sorry the strength of the sing. Uh, why can't I say s- singles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the strength of your signal. I said it again. Wow, that's sorry. I'm gonna cut. <laughs> I'm gonna cut all that out, and I'm gonna make myself look way better. Uh, Okay. Say so, that again. No, let's let's just go to this. So, "Burning Bridges" was yeah. a big time single. Hey, I did it right that time. Yeah, uh, yeah, there it is. That must have been a huge proponent for people to pick up the album right away. Why did you decide on that being your first one that you were really putting out? Um, I know that personally, it was my favorite song just because it lyrically it represented everything that we had gone through to even be able to continue making music in the first place. It's I just, you know, it, it hits home. And also love the melody and the overall vibe of it. I feel like it it was just one of those songs that needed to pave the way for us. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of represented everything that we can do and everything that we kind of excel at. Oh. And uh and hopefully, you know, everyone just kind of gets that same vibe. Apparently that's the case because it's, it's done pretty well. Like we definitely see a lot, we meet a lot of people that are, are very into that track. So that's very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. That music video is very nice as well. What was kind of the inspiration? Because I'm pretty sure doesn't, doesn't Garrett get like his head lopped off at some point or like half of it. Uh, no, it's, uh, or, we, um, sorry, I got the name wrong. Yeah. Who is it again? It's okay. Uh, Burning Bridges or Garrett? What was that whole scene? Uh, that was probably talking about the scene where he gets like covered in black paint. Yes, yes. So he's just oh. like completely covered, like like his head is just blacked out. So that makes sense. Then I made it. Um, I made it sound even worse than it was. Yeah, a little bit more brutal <laughs> than what we went for. But um, with that video, like the overall vibe with it was, we wanted to represent like visually what's happening lyrically. Okay. Um, I mean, the lyrics are, are, you know, more so about just the people in our lives that we deal with on a daily basis, no matter how close we are to them or not, mm-hmm. that are just overall negative people. And, you know, there's the saying, misery loves company. 
So if you if you're a miserable person, obviously you're going to push to make those around you miserable. You don't ever want to see people happy when you're when you're not happy. I got you. For some people, anyway. That's mm-hmm. so. You have those people in your life that just want to just smear their negativity all over you, and um, that's represented in the video very, very literally yes. by <laughs> these like black figures just spreading black paint all over us. And like, it, there's a point in the video where it's just like you can see that we're all just literally smothered and right. held back and just covered in the sludge and just over it. <laughs> and that kind of represents, you know, what we were going through when we were hearts and hands, right. just, just over it. Like being, doing the one thing that we love most and then starting to think that maybe we don't really love it that much because it's such a bad time. Right. Um, and then kind of breaking out of that mindset of, well, this is where I'm at. It's bad. This is just how it is. And then realizing that, you know, you don't have to accept that negativity and you can still remain positive, but at some point you may have to burn that bridge and walk away from it. Right. So, you know, he gets covered in that black paint there. We're all covered in black paint. And then he finds that in the video, he, you know, he finds that little bit of gold in his palm and hmm. that kind of represents there, like, you know, finding, you know, that spark inside yourself right. to just not give in to that kind of jaded, negative mentality and then just throwing it all away and just and being your own person again so yeah. lyrically visually it's it's all there it's no longer a mystery <laughs> right, right. straight up it is what it is like that's what that video was supposed to be and uh it, it turned out awesome um, yeah the guy who directed it for us and filmed it uh, aaron Sorensen out in, in uh, provo utah mm-hmm. completely crushed our our idea with it laid it down perfectly so yeah very nice um that's what that's all about yeah it might be it might be cliche to ask but how long did it take to clean up after that uh we were we tried to be really really smart and uh preemptive about cleaning up because we knew it was going to be bad right so there was like plastic wrap we did it like in Ah. this this old venue okay so it was like just a, a pretty pretty big room just cement floor we laid out tarps and plastic wrap over the entire like area that we were filming. Right. So, uh, I mean, we had paint, which was like kind of watered down, so it would like look really like gross and and runny. <laughs> we had like gold glitter. We had gold like uh, we made like this dust, like really fine, like almost like cornstarch stuff that was was gold too. So, oh, okay the dirtiest set ever <laughs> and by the time we got done just rolling up all of the uh the plastic wrap there was like we only had to sleep and mop like two or three times so oh okay it took like it took like about two hours to clean up and we were we were there filming like all day long so it was a process yeah that seems like it that's for sure let me ask you this, and I'm only going to ask one question on it because I know it was a a negative time for you guys when you oh, had yeah. decided when you had decided to you know stop hearts and hands and go on. Were you worried because there's been so many stories about how you know besides just the music that you're making now about how you know negative that time was in your lives? Did you worry at any point though that since you already had a brand that starting a brand new band that was completely different from that one? that you would be starting completely over and that you were kind of leaving that base that you already had? 
Well, as, as far as that goes, I mean, it was definitely one of those things we had to question. We had to decide if it was a smart idea to completely abandon what we had done over that course of time and just start from scratch, mm-hmm. or if it would be smarter to kind of brush it under the rug and keep going, as it were, and just hope to God that people don't, you know, keep clinging to what Hearts and Hands used to be. And um, it didn't take very long for us to realize that we we weren't hearts and hands anymore. The lineup was too different. Right. What we wanted to do sonically was too different. And uh, so it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, so I guess this is where we just completely scratch it and start over again, which we were ready for it in that regard. Okay. The only thing that we were kind of, I, I, should, I shouldn't say worried about, but concerned about was kind of betraying like that fan base. Oh, okay. Um, just because... For the little that Hearts and Hands actually did, we had you know a handful of fans that were way more loyal than than we anticipated, ah, and okay. so we we were kind of concerned about kind of taking it that way. We kind of hinted at some change coming for a while, right? And I mean, it, it had been two years, and the fact that people had hung out and stuck around at all during that that such a long period of time without giving them anything new. Sure. Is insane. But oh yeah. We we kind of figured at that point, like if they if they've stuck around for two years with nothing to show for it, then you know these are the kind of people that are probably going to have our backs no matter what. And right. Luckily, that's exactly right. Like we uh, even not on Warp Tour, we had kids coming out that you know every single day was just like, hey, I've I've loved you guys since you know the Hearts and Hands days, and like like this stuff is better. We love it. It's just like so. We it's awesome to be able to take all of that fear of kind of starting over and have it met with such positivity by the people that that cared about it then and hopefully, just like us, care even more about it now. Right. That's great to hear as well. That's what I would have expected. I would have expected there to be people that still remember hearts and hands, but then are going to enjoy this music more. So hopefully they would make that kind of transference over to there. So that's good to hear. Let me ask you this. So uh, one of my co-hosts, Jackson, his favorite, favorite track that he plays over and over again from Continuance is Start Over. And it really does seem, lyrically, I'm guessing that it has something to do with Hearts and Hands. But does it hold any special meaning for you? Um, Yeah, more so as opposed to Hearts and Hands, like with our lineup. Mm -hmm. um, Start Over is a song that Garrett wrote completely. That was one song he did kind of off on his own. Oh, okay. Um, it was like really the only song that, that we didn't collaborate on. Uh, there were a couple songs that I wrote mostly. And then there were a couple, like that was the song that he did on his own. Ah. So I don't really personally relate it to hearts and hands, but that's a really cool way to put it. Like, uh, it's an awesome perspective to hear oh, for good. me. It's more so I relate it personally to the relationships that, I have with people outside of the band ah. that kind of watch me go through the lowest point possible in my life while trying to figure out if I still loved what I've always loved again. Um, so it's like, it's, it's one of those things where when I hear that song, I think about kind of taking a step back away from how bummed out I was on music and life in general for right. a while there. Sure. And just kind of getting a fresh start at it when, when we kind of rediscovered that we actually do want to keep doing this because it's, it's one of those things where, 
music is not, you know, it doesn't end with the band. Like it doesn't end with my relationship with my bandmates or the music or the fans. It completely affects every aspect of my, of our lives outside of it as well. Mm-hmm. Like the way that I interact with my family, my girlfriend, my dog, <laughs> it's <Right>. all, <laughs> it's all one big thing for us. So, um, that's what that song kind of represents for me personally, but, but that's a really cool thing to hear that like someone could hear that and think like, this kind of feels like it, it might be about, you know, this band kind of changing gears and, and starting over. So that's really cool. Oh, great. Yeah. I guess just kind of jumping on a little bit more of what you were saying there, was there a specific moment where you realized, yes, even putting all that negativity aside, was there an actual moment and what was it? that kind of got you back into everything and made you realize that, yes, you do love music so much and you want to continue on. Was there anything specific? Um, it was, uh, for me, it was kind of like a very skeptical thing, and I feel like it was the same way for, for Garrett as well. I mean, for a while there, Chris was gone. Now he's back, obviously. But right. uh, Chris was out of the picture for a minute there, and we you know, had just started talking to Hiram about everything. And uh, I remember the day that we got together and we wrote Get What You Give. Oh, okay. Um, that, was, that was like the moment that I was like, holy shit, this is fun. Like, this is, this is right back where I want to be. And from, from that moment forward, I remember like we, we got into a, a room together. We kind of toyed with a, a couple of different riffs and we just hammered it out musically. Um, and then we started writing the lyrics. And the lyrics are... 100% about the end of Hearts and Hands. Ah, okay. And the beginning of what we were going to do, which at that point in time we, we thought might still be Hearts and Hands. Right. But it just sounded very different. So um, that was that was that moment for me. It was just like when we when we played it back, because we, we wrote it and recorded it right then and there. Like ah. we, we didn't have like a jam space where we could all get together and just like play a few stuff together. We just tracked it all and then started playing it back for ourselves. And I got it like on uh, in my email and just bumped it in my car on the way home and just <laughs> like lost it. We're just so excited to be back at it again. Oh, that's awesome to hear. Yeah, that's why I wasn't sure if there was an exact. That's that's amazing that on the album that people can hear is your moment of when you realize that you wanted to continue on with all that. So that's great. Yeah, I'm going to come. Very cool to, to have that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to completely switch gears because I love to do that. I noticed that you had put out covers as well. You had done the Adele Hello. You had also done the Sia, what was that, Elastic Heart, I think is what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then Garrett also has done covers and and remixes with fellow friend of the show, Cole Rowland. Is there anything that you would ever want to do? Like if you had to choose a, are you a fan of covers? I know for myself, I'm a huge mark for covers. Is there anything that you really uh, would like to do? Um, personally, if like if I were to just do stuff on my own, sure. I've always wanted to kind of delve into like more like kind of R and B stuff a little bit, but I'm a little bit too busy for that at ah, this rate. Okay. But uh, if I if I were to get into that, like I uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun to just kind of dive into that stuff. I there's not like any super specific songs that I could think of that I'd want to do covers of per okay. se. Um, if I did, like I, I really like listening to stuff like Drake and stuff like that. Now I'm, I'm a basic white bitch for sure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, doing stuff like that and kind of putting my own spin on would be a lot of fun. I feel like. 
Yeah, I think that's what people really enjoy covers for is to be able to choose those songs. Yeah, give it give it their own spin because yeah, look, I'm still waiting for someone to do a Bell Viv DeVoe poison cover. I'm I just have <laughs> I have my fingers crossed at some point it's gonna happen and then I'll be happy. But yeah, I've always I've always enjoyed that. That's why, you know, I had Cole Rowland on the show. He's super talented and that's where I remembered Garrett's name. I was like, oh, wait a second, that's Hearts and Hands, and then went through, and he does amazing covers. So, yeah, I just wasn't sure if you also had that bug uh, that that was something you wanted to do. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit when I get a little bit more time, but um, I, uh, I'm i kind of like band dad with, <laughs> with the new love. So all of my time is spent like doing doing my own stuff and, and kind of handling the business side of, ah. of everything with the new love. So. Gotcha. One day I'll have time to do little <laughs> projects like that on the side, but for for the time being, I I want to spend 100% of my time focused on making sure that this band oh, thrives. That's, a- absolutely, that's my main drive for sure. No, that's great. I mean, I'm hoping you continue to do that. That's because then that means <laughs> I get new yeah. music that I'm gonna like. So, oh, for sure. Uh, I'll switch this up now. I'll take you away from the music for a second because I did see. Yeah. Uh, on your Twitter, there were a couple things I wanted to ask you about. One was you recently had a day off in Vegas. Did you get around uh, and get to do anything? Is Are there any crazy oh yeah. stories? <laughs> um, I don't know about necessarily crazy stories, at least that I can really tell. Oh, um, uh, I, I know that Hiram and I, especially uh, our guitar player, Hiram, yep. and I went out and uh, at separate times. We went out onto the strip because we were staying at um, our drummer's uh, Corey, his timeshare, like oh, right okay. on the strip, like behind the link. Oh right, so right. Okay. He went out. Yeah, and then uh, and then a couple hours later, I went out. So just even trying to find him was a shit show because <laughs> I I hit him up with a text. I'm like, hey, where are you at? I'm coming out. He's like, I'm at Planet Hollywood, and we found out very quickly that there are like at least 150 Planet Hollywoods on the strip. Sure. So I'm like, I'm at Planet Hollywood. Where are you? He's like, I'm at Planet Hollywood. So uh, between trying to find him and stopping to consume different beverages, yes, obviously, if you will, yep. uh, along the way, by the time we found each other, <laughs> an hour later, uh. we were already pretty tossed up. And uh, and then we just walked around just continuing to drink more yeah. drinks right. and such. We ran into other people and try to take in as much Vegas culture as possible. And uh, oh, yeah. it was a successful evening for sure. Oh, very nice. Yeah. When I've gone down the strip and whatnot, of course I'm getting some alcoholic beverages myself. And yeah, I, I do the <laughs> hack thing where you get the huge ass margarita that you kind of strap to yourself. Yep. Yeah. And just yep. continue your way on. <laughs> I forget which building it is, but uh, there's a spot. It's got like, like a pharmacy upstairs and then there's, I think. There's like a, a stand inside there where they have like all the different flavors. It looks like it's oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. plushies or yes, Slurpees. Exactly, but with alcohol. Uh, That's great. Yeah, giant alcoholic Slurpee. Had a, <laughs> a Moscow mule the size of my leg. Oh, holy and, shit. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that was pretty much my night, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. That's great. I haven't been back to Vegas for a while, but I always have a good time when I'm there. That's for sure. It's just one of those places Love that it. doesn't feel like real life, you know? Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's kind of weird. Like I've I've had this thing with Vegas forever, where it used to be a lot more fun and crazy. Oh sure. And then I I kind of realized 
thinking about it, I was like, everyone comes here and spends so much money to do all these things. And I'm like, it doesn't really seem like that wildness. It's like, Vegas is basically just everyone else in the world getting to experience what most musicians do on tour any every day of the week anyway. <laughs> so it's just like, this is just a normal day on tour, but with way more people and buildings that look like the Eiffel Tower. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much like my, my idea of what Vegas is. That's now. A... And I think that, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun, but it's just more expensive to do the stuff oh. that we would probably do any other place anyway. Yeah, that's very true. But I'll tell you that whole <laughs> say, saying that Vegas shenanigans are like what bands do on a regular basis. You might have started tons of bands in the audience right now because they're like, damn, that's what I want to do for a living. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. There it is. If I can make memes for the show, I think that will definitely be a quote on that. There's no doubt about that. Very nice. There you go. Now, one other thing I wanted to ask you about on your Twitter, because I do the show Ian Hates Movies as well. And I saw, okay. I, I had to check, I saw recently that you watched all of the Jurassic Parks in a day, or was that just a joke? No, I, I, I really did. <laughs> the, uh, the day I got home, I... Uh, I sat down and I was like, everything on Netflix sucks right now. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why, but uh, out of nowhere, there's like a couple of different Jurassic Park just memes going around. Ah, uh, okay. So uh, if I think especially our, our guitarist, Chris, he uh, he likes to quote those as well. The uh, Especially like the life finds a way. I don't know why uh, he says okay. it as he does, but he does. And it's always <laughs> funny. But uh, I was like, I'm going to watch Jurassic Park because I've I've been talking about Jurassic Park here and there for the last month on tour. Like I'm going to I'm going to bang these out. Sure, and you and, just uh, went all yeah, the way through. The, wow, all four, all four of them. Wow, all four in two days. Yep. See, I'm like a real piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, wait. When you said that, see, I'm thinking number two through number four. That's see, I am not a fan of those ones. Are you a big fan yeah. of any one but one? No. Okay. All right. That's <laughs> that, was a, that was a pretty big part of why I wanted to watch them all. Okay. Because I I obviously went and saw number four in theaters because everyone did, and who am I to deny that? Gotcha. But uh, I've watched number one like numerous times like since it came out because it's it's a classic. Oh, absolutely. Movie. Like yeah. just absolute favorite movie. Oh, great. So, um, I'm I'm thinking like I don't even remember what happened in number two or three. I know that there's one where there's some guy on an island and William H. Macy is there. Oh, yes. And, uh, and some stuff happens, but that's all I know about that one. And then there's the one where uh, Ian Malcolm is like the main dude for some reason, and it's terrible, but there's a baby dinosaur in the city. Ah, uh, yes. So yes. I'm like, <laughs> what else happens there? So I had to go in and fill in the blanks. I was sorely disappointed yes. in everything <laughs> after episode one. So. See, at first you think, oh, I'm going to watch these and I'm going to fill in those blanks of what happened. And now you're thinking, oh, I need to forget the terribleness <laughs> that was in those movies. Yeah. Just all, it's so corny. Like, they're super, super corny, especially the second and third one. Yes. The fourth one is okay. Yeah. I guess. I, like, I trashed it on the show because it's fun to do that with, uh, with my co-host because she <laughs> loves all that shit. So it's very yeah. fun. I, it's just... Chris Pratt gets everything now, so it's easy to just make fun of him and to you know make fun of what they're doing. But it wasn't yeah. a terrible movie. That one wasn't. The second one, though, just oh the, the gymnast girl who hits the velociraptor out of the window. 
I just, yeah. I, I lost it. I couldn't, I couldn't, and I was super young when those came out, and I still, uh, yeah. yeah, just not, not good. Whew, not, <laughs> not a not, fan. No, not at all. But let me ask you this then. So you got through that. Now, did you jump on the Suicide Squad bandwagon? Have you seen that yet? I haven't gone to it yet. I, uh, I'm wanting to hit the movies here, so hopefully this weekend, okay. God willing. But uh, I definitely want to see that. I've we talked about going to see it on one of our days off. Yeah. But uh, we spent where we did the tour in a van and we did everything. Like I said, we we woke up early and went to bed late every day. So our days off on the tour consisted of pretty much sleep. So right. We did not have a chance to check it out yet. So I I plan to do so. I just saw commercials where they were putting out, you know how when a movie is out and it gets number one or whatever, they put up the big messages of people saying how good it is. You know, they'll put out like, oh, best movie ever, like can't wait to see it again. Well, this time it's those, but the only people who have said them are anonymous Twitter handles. So it's no actual like legitimate news source saying that it was a good movie. That's too bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, look, you, I'm sure you've probably heard many people talk about it. It's really oh, yeah. not a good movie. But <laughs> that's, that's also coming. You know, I, I read the comics. That's the one DC comic I read. Mm. So I was a little bit more disappointed. But when they only have Jared Leto in the movie for five minutes, uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's just, crazy. That, yeah. I didn't know that he was. I knew that he was only in there for like a little bit. But I didn't know he was like in for that little yeah it's like five or ten minutes really and it's a two hour and ten minute movie i think yeah yeah makes no sense so anyways that's my little that's like Hmm. my little movie tangent i know i know you're busy but i always like to kind of end with something like that oh no worries man that's i like talking about that stuff too so you're chill oh great let me go ahead and thank you very much again fletcher for coming on this was awesome to get a chance to talk with you i know we spoke about a little bit earlier i'm going to go ahead and put links in the description of this episode with all the different places that people can find the new low and find your stuff. But what is the best way right now for people to support you? Uh, as, as far as supporting us goes, I mean, just if you like the music, pick up a copy of your own. Uh, if you really like it, check out our merch, which is going to be available online there. We're at thenewlow.merchnow.com. Great. And also uh, the new low.bigcartel.com. We're on there. Um, if you're into it, pick some stuff up. We we always love you know seeing our stuff out there. Of course, uh, we design all of our own merch too. So if you if you like really supporting not only just having our stuff, but actually having something that we spent all of our time and efforts actually creating personally, then that's even cooler for a lot of people I know. Yeah, I didn't but, know that. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I picked up a MacBook and like the Adobe Suite and just taught myself how to use Photoshop and stuff like that and just designed all of our own merch too. So Very cool. it's a fun process for sure. But it's, I mean, the, the main thing you can do is just listen and spread the word. I mean, check out our website at the, uh, the new low.co, C-O, if you will. Okay. Um, it's got links to all of our social media. Follow us, you know, come out to a show, come That's through. We, we want to meet everybody, so. As soon as you guys lock down when the next tour is, I'll definitely be promoting it, and I'm really, really hoping that you come to the East Coast. Please keep that on your list of things to do, because I oh, absolutely, 
I talked to so many people on the show, and for some reason, no one wants to come to Boston anymore. And I understand it's not the greatest city, uh, but I would certainly love it because then I get to talk about it on the show too. So, no, uh, absolutely. We, no, uh, that'd be great. we love playing out there. Both tours that we've done on the East Coast, we've come through Worcester. So we, uh, okay. we hope to be back on this next run. So. Sounds great. All right. Well, once again, Fletcher, thank you very much for taking your time. I know you're extremely busy, but I appreciate it. I know the audience does as well. It was great talking with you. So once again, thank you very much. Hey, thank you so much for having me. And uh, we, uh, we hope to talk to you all soon. Sounds great. Thanks again, Fletcher. Hey, you bet. Take it easy.
Oh, what a great track that was. I'd like to thank Fletcher once again for being on the show. I had a lot of fun with that conversation, and I learned a lot because I have been a fan of Fletcher's for a while because I was a fan of Hearts and Hands. So it's nice to see him land on his feet in a great band, and you can really tell how much he enjoys making music, and it really comes out in the album Continuance. So really, really, you should pick that album up. It is great. If you want to support The New Low, as you should, you can go to thenewlow.co. You can also follow them on Facebook, NWLW Official. On Twitter, it's at The New Low. On Instagram, it's The New Low Music. And then Fletcher has a personal Twitter account, so make sure to follow him at Fletch Howell. Maybe he'll have more movie recommendations or movie marathons that he does. So make sure to support The New Low. Also make sure to support Ian Hates Music. Please subscribe, rate, and share on iTunes especially, but then also Stitcher, Google Play Music, and any other of your favorite podcast listening apps. You can also find this episode as well as every past episode as well as future episode on www.ianhates.com. You can also find my other shows there, Ian Hates Movies and coming soon, Ian Hates Love. Once again, you can find those on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and all the rest. You can interact with me on Twitter, at Ian Hates Podcast, on Instagram, Ian Hates Podcast, Facebook, facebook.com slash Ian Hates, and on email, ianhates at gmail.com. So once again, thank you very much to Fletcher Howe for joining me on Ian Hates Music, and thank you, Claire, from Razor and Tie for helping set all of this up. Very much appreciated. So we're going to end this episode with Start Over by The New Low. Obviously, I talked about this with Fletcher Jackson, another one of my co-hosts on Ian Hates Music. This is his favorite track off the album Continuance, so it's only fitting to end the show with Start Over. So I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. Can we make believe, make believe, make believe That we are strangers in the dark Want you to make it hard for me to breathe Me to breathe, me to breathe So I'll sing deeper in your heart I know
Stop. 